Hello, you're listening to the Hammersley Brothers e-commerce podcast. If some of our discussions and tips are working for you, why don't you grab a 15-minute call with us at ecommercecall.com. We'll see whether we can help scale your e-commerce business. We will quickly see if we're a fit or whether we can recommend someone else to get you where you need to go. The worst case is you'll have a fun 15-minute chat and regardless, you'll come away understanding a lot more about your business. Book a call at ecommercecall.com. Hello and welcome to the Hammersley Brothers e-commerce podcast. This week we're going to be talking about salesman number three. This is the basket order salesman. So all the things we need to do to make sure that the customer gets through to the checkout and completes the order. So let's get started. Hello Ian, how are you doing? Hey Mark, good. Very well, how are you doing? I'm all right. Yeah, so I think we're at salesman number three, um, which is the basket to order salesman. Out of the five. Yeah. So, uh, you know, if you, if people have logged into this podcast and the first one they're, they're listening to, then it's not going to make much sense. But basically, the first podcast we did, we went through these five salesmen. And uh, the five salesmen are the greeter salesman which is basically people coming to the website to make sure they know they're in the right place. Uh, the add to basket salesman, the uh, salesman that works out, you know, what the right product is for the right customer and gives them some reassurance that uh, that's the right product for them. And then we're on to the third salesman, which is the basket to order salesman. And he obviously stays before the salesman before and the fourth salesman is the, um, the average order salesman who increases the average order size. And then with the last one is the lifetime customer value. So today we're going to talk about the basket to order salesman, whose job is essentially to take over from the add to basket salesman. So the person has found the, the product they want. And it's almost like you're in a physical store and someone says, okay, you want those pair of shoes. Let me take you to the checkout, sir. And then they uh, they check you out at the checkout. So it's very much about not losing the sale at this point. So a good basket to order stat is going to be around forty five percent. So often we quite we see sites with a thirty five basket to order stat, and I wouldn't necessarily be absolutely freaked out about that. Uh, and sometimes we see a basket to order stat around fifty five percent. But if it goes below thirty five percent. Then I start asking some questions, especially as I've recently seen some sites with a basket to order start of around 20%. So, you know, if you think about 20% of the people are checking out who've added something to the basket, that's a lot of people. That's 80% of people who actually add something to the basket and decide not to buy it. So then you'd say, well, we've got a weak basket to order salesman. We need to do something about it. Yeah, point, give it yeah, give a summary of the of the of the basket to order. So 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 the shoppers now they've they've added to basket and they're now sat there with something in the basket. So if they were in a physical store, the equivalent would be that they were considering to walk up to the till and go and buy it. So you know they've picked something up off the shelf, they're holding it or they put it in their basket and they're you know they're, they're making up that decision. You know, should they go ahead and buy it and the equivalent of the e-commerce is actually clicking that that checkout securely button to go into the checkout so they're not ready to buy necessarily some of them will be now if we consider the first time buyer who's never been onto the site before they don't really know who you are 
They don't trust you as much as an existing customer will. You know, there's still a lot of anxiety there. There's still a lot of you know, reasons not to buy. Um, and the first thing that sometimes happens is that people on the sites will go straight from the the product page to the checkout and they'll bypass the, the basket page. And Mark and I always often say that for the first time customer particularly, that's often a bad idea because they're not yet ready to buy. And all you're doing is taking them from the product page to this big form on the checkout and you're bypassing that that really important basket step because the basket step is where you can you really have to conquer last minute anxieties which is so that button yeah. that the add to basket salesperson has, has has firmly sort of helped ram is getting rid of any last minute anxieties and then you start to add elements of scarcity and elements of urgency so scarcity where you know there's only a few left don't miss out that, you know, that feeling that they're going to miss out and that urgency is look this is why you should buy today and in some businesses you have to do more scarcity and in some businesses you have to do scarcity and urgency um, or other businesses it's just urgency which is typically there's an offer on but if you combine those two things together but that's the right thing it's really what you would say to somebody if, you, if they were in, a, in your shop on the high street if you had a physical store you know you could see that somebody was they might have two or three items because often people will add things to the basket and use it as a dumping ground like to eliminate things after um but the you know the main reason people abandon their baskets is nothing to do with technology or nothing to do with you know payment options um, I'm not saying they're not important. They are. But the main reason is they're just not sure if they're ready to buy. You know, they're using it there yeah. as a way of just saving it for later. And they'll come back later. And that's the biggest, that's the biggest reason people abandon. And so that's what, you got, that's what yeah. you're fighting with. So what would you do in the store? You know, if you had someone in the shop, you know, and, they, and they're coming in and you could see that they were deliberating over these, you know, these, they've got two or three things. They picked up two jackets you know, or, a, you know, whatever they're buying. And you're like, well, okay, look, you know, listen, you, you know, if you, if you don't, you can take it home, you know, you can try it on. If you don't like it, you can bring it back. No problems. Look, you, you probably should get it today because it's, that is a really popular item. It's going to sell out. You know, we don't know when the next shipment's going to come in. Um, and actually, it's probably going to go up in price because there's an offer on the table now. You know, yeah. you know, take it home, try it on. Don't worry, come back. You know, sort it out for you. No issues whatsoever. And you know, you'd get the sale. Yeah. You so know, it was interesting what you did there. It was interesting what you did, like a good salesman. What they essentially he did is he de-risked the purchase for the buyer, didn't he? He said, yeah. "You can buy this. You can take it home. You can try it on. You can think about it, and you can bring it back." within the next 30 to 60 days and we should give you a complete refund on it so don't worry about it so if you completely de-risk the purchase for the first time buyer and also move the risk onto your the you know the other merchant's uh, shoulders you're more likely to get the sale and you know okay you might get the x the added extra like one percent of returners but the increased uh, add to basket and basket to order, the actual orders you're going to get from moving the risk onto your shoulders will more than offset the uh, increased returns. So the more we can kind of 
show that the buyer at that point that the risk is on us, the more likely they're going to buy. Because if you imagine there's no there's no uh, risk to them as adding some to the basket, they do it kind of like, oh, I might add that to the basket. When they mm. found themselves on the basket page, they suddenly you suddenly go, well, if I take all the risk away from you, you might actually just go and buy this. And they go, oh yeah, okay, that seems interesting. I'll I'll buy this, and I can just return it. There's there's a free returns envelope, and I can just pop it in. That sounds easy, and they they even pick it up. You know, like what's you, funny? You take all the risk. I know. And what's funny about a lot of the out of the box or a lot of Shopify, Big Commerce, Magento, WooCommerce sites that they use the standard basket. It's like the one, the default one that never really changes. Mm. And you think, mm. you take, think about, you know, all the, the product page checklists that we've talked about, you know, where I, the eyes look and, you know, under the ads basket button, you know, if, if, some, mm. if they're really anxious about returns, you know, you, you know we yeah. would say, right, free returns underneath the ads basket button or just above it, you know, right. Whereas, and, then, yeah. so, and then you add it to basket and, there's no, and, they're, and they're, you know what they want to buy because you can see it, but there's no mention of free returns on yeah. the basket page it's like what it's like the biggest anxiety people have you know maybe when they're buying clothes or whatever it might be. whatever the biggest anxiety is you've got to make sure that that is there very clearly under each item if it's if it's applicable to do that on the basket page saying free no quibble returns policy that's got to be yeah. right there and it's amazing how many people don't they just leave the basket page as the standard strip back, you know, clean looking basket, which of course adds yeah. no de-risking, it's... no scarcity, no reason to act now. It's just like, do you want it, mate? They are. They yeah, and then it's like you have this kind of like out. dancing, all singing, yeah, all singing shop with all these vibrant things and saying all this lifestyle things and aspirational stuff. And then they pick a dress that they want and then they walk through the corridor and there's this, there's this bland vanilla corridor with no pictures on it with like beige paint and plastic chairs and just say, you sit here and then you decide whether you still want the dress. I'm going to take the dress off you so you can't really see it. I'm going to make it really small. You just sit there in, in yeah, that beige it. chair and see whether, <laughs> whether you actually want to buy that dress. You don't, okay, come back out into then. the shop. Yeah, it's like yeah. It, it, do you want it? Do you want sense. it? Or get out. Yeah, it, it, yeah. It's really odd. It's really odd. You, and, yeah. and as soon as you start to think about what your experience would be like in your physical store, you then go, "Oh my god, that's exactly what we're doing." You know, it would be an yeah. awful experience if we did that in store, and it could make sense. Well, I think also when people put their shop together oh, and they start to yes. So how do we start to – there's two things. We, we really have to, to continue the, you know, reducing anxiety and de-risking yeah. it. And then we move into scarcity and urgency and, and getting people to actually buy today. So how yeah. do we start to de-risk it then in terms of putting things like social proof on the, on the basket and things like that? What kind of things? Yeah, well, you know, like – so there's, there's the anxiety, which is basically the and people might have a big anxiety around delivery. So how do you de-risk delivery? How do you put a, you know, if there's an anxiety around something specific, like it being delivered broken or something like that, and you basically put a guarantee that it won't break. And you, you put the guarantee in front of that. Like we, you know, maybe the anxiety is that someone else is going to price match it or price drop it and they're going to lose it. It's like, oh, price match promise. You've seen it lower than anywhere else within the 30 days you buy, we'll give you the refund based on that you know, what, what you can see it cheaper on. You know, what is the anxiety? How can we move the risk away from the client? Mm. And then 
with the anxiety removed, so we've got the guarantees, we've got the, 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 the delivery, we've got the great returns policy, we're moving the risk onto us. We then want to show social proof to show that there's loads of other people that are doing this and buying these items and doing this every day and making this decision. So it comes back to, you know, like when they do those 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 shows and you you go around the show and exhibition and there's that guy with the the vegetable peeler and this is magic vegetable peeler that you know you could chop vegetables in two seconds and make a salad and you and and he's doing the demonstration and then it finishes and then everybody moves forward and buys and they have people that actually move forward and start buying and it just kind of creates this rush because everybody goes well everybody's going to buy one if everybody buys one I'm going to run out and I'm you know it's human nature to feel comfortable within a crowd. And so we have to show that, you know, like if you think about that person going through to that corridor and sitting in a chair and on her own with a dress, you know, if she was sitting in a corridor with loads of other people buying the same, you know, similar dresses or something and saying, this is going to be amazing, it's going to make her much more likely to buy the dress because other people are doing it and other people are doing the same thing. It's like, you know, how often do we look in a restaurant and it's empty and go, well, I don't want to go in there. There's no one in there. You know, if, if you can yeah. see a restaurant that's got a few people in it, you go, well, it must be all right. I can go in there. Yeah. So, well, so one of the same thing on the juke is you is you put well and the, the basket really. Um, we're in the basket at this stage really, but the you know you'd put you'd put your you know your trust pilot review block, your FIFA review block. You'd make sure that that was on there, and that's the other weird thing about you know you, people put a lot of re- emphasis on reviews. You know, on the home page, category, product page, particularly, and on the basket and the checkout, they remove it, which is exactly Nothing. where you need it. You need that social proof is more important and more powerful on the basket page, uh, generally for yeah. general service reviews. That's where you definitely want to put it there. And I think the other thing, um, in terms of you know people, it, it's it's honing honing in on those reasons why people wouldn't buy from you. What would they worry about? And it's different for every business, and you've really got to understand that. But you know, the other one might be delivery, and I think a lot of the times, um, e-commerce owners will say, "Well, I can't put my delivery on the on the basket page because I don't know where they are, because I have to know the postcode first, and then and then mm. I have to know what's in the bag, and then I have to give them a specific, you know, price. It has to be a lookup, and and it's like, well, hang on." Ninety-five percent of your delivery car charges are probably the same, you know. So you yeah. know that's r- ridiculous. So just put typical UK delivery or typical US delivery or wherever you are, you know, three ninety-five. Yeah, typical UK delivery three ninety-five. Yeah, but and if then you hide it, over hundred pounds, yeah, they're gonna go. Oh, I don't know how much it's gonna cost. I mean, you, you just you just need to take away all of the anxiety and make sure but you know obviously this isn't about product selection here you know they've done that this isn't about this product has a guarantee that it is going to you know revolutionize your life you know this is about what happens if i don't like it can i send it back um how much is it going to cost when's it going to come you know it's those and, and really give me a reason to buy it today you know, and and yeah. so once you so once you do that, and then the next the next one is the scarcity, and that's really where you'd start to put the stock messaging that you've put on the product page on the basket underneath the, underneath each row. So on the on the product yeah. page, you may have something like, you know, only only one left or low stock. Hurry, you know, we're going to run out or. 
you know, and yeah. you then you you transfer that messaging, the same thing, and put that on each item on the basket because you know you've got to give people a reason to to, to act it, now. It, and, it's important though not to fake that. It's important to actually say if you have low stock, say it. But if you haven't got low stock, don't say it. Because I've seen yeah. websites overdo that. When you go into every single page, it's got oh, we only got three of these left, and it's just like. It's almost like they've used every single Shopify extension under the sun to try and do everything. And it's like, it just becomes fake and unbelievable. Mm. And you can just tell. So, yeah. you know, like some products will be low stock naturally. Those are the ones that you should show are low stock. And, and often those low stock products will be your best sellers and they'll be the ones getting the most traffic. And therefore it becomes believable because it's actually a believable thing. So, but if you can't do scarcity like that, I mean, one of the best scarcities I, I've ever seen, if you've ever been online and bought theatre tickets, and I suppose everybody would be buying theatre tickets for a long time, but you know, when you used to be able to go and buy theatre tickets, you, you would select the tickets you want, the seats you want, and then in the checkout, it would say, it would say, I've allocated those seats to you for half an hour or 20 minutes or yeah. 10 minutes or something like that. And then suddenly you think, bloody hell, I've got to finish this checkout in 10 minutes, otherwise you're going to lose those seats. And I bet you their basket to order is massive because of that. Yeah. Because it's like, I don't want to have to go and select those seats again and all that kind of stuff. So and I have seen people a saying, lot. you know, we're going to allocate your basket to you for yeah. half an hour. And I, well, we ASOS half do an that. Yeah. ASOS do it, don't they? ASOS say, we, we've, we've held the order for you for an hour. So you add it to basket yeah. and says, yeah, great, we've got this, we'll hold this for an hour for you. And you feel like there's a, a, a guy in the warehouse who's, who's got it, who's holding it. And he's like, right, do you, yeah. you know, I've saved this, don't worry, I've got it, I've got it. And you feel like, oh, I don't want to let him down. <laughs> Better go and yeah. place my order. But it also feels but like the, it's yours. It feels like they put it yes, aside it for you, it's got your name on yes. it. And then suddenly yeah. they're going to give it to someone else. You're like, hang on a minute, they're my trousers. Yeah. You know, but you're, you know what, the, the example you've just given about you know the countdown time you know the tent we've we've you know we'll, the tickets buying tickets for an opera i think a lot a lot of the concerts and events places do that out of necessity i think they have to do that because they do sell out but i mean that that's a fantastic yeah. a fantastic example isn't it of of giving people a reason to act now you know it's it's yeah. brilliant yeah and, and but you wouldn't necessarily apply that so much to the sort of luxury you know aspirational no. lifestyle purchase but you could subtly do things around that idea that fits with your brand so everything that we're saying you have to you have to sort of you have to you have to do it with your own pencil you know you have to apply your yeah. own brand to this and feel is it is it right well how would we say that what would we do you know how would we do it in if it yeah. was a store what, what would we, we do say? in a physical store and what would a great salesman do in a physical store i'll just yeah. tell you a story about one one chap that um he was i can't remember what he was selling he was selling um i think it was some kind of supplements or something like that and he was and everybody just bought one supplement all the time they just all bought the one supplement and he put on his store um he said the message was due to lack of lack of inventory orders are limited to three three supplement orders per person and suddenly then everybody bought three bottles yeah. instead of one because they were being limited to three and they thought well everybody must be buying five so i'm gonna buy three and it was just i mean it, it's not something everybody can do but i thought that was interesting is this how you word it and how you put it together and around the checkout and, and the kind of policies mm. you have will massively affect 
what happens in your checkout and your basket pages. Yeah. So well, you can you can kind of, you can also do your scarcity through having limited editions, can't you? You know, exclusive. Yeah. Exclusive things. Yeah. So if you'd sign something that's very aspirational, I mean, we were doing that. We we had the art gallery chat. We've talked about them a couple of times, and these you know these are one off pieces. Well, naturally, it might be you know a limited print of two hundred and fifty, all signed by the artist. You know that that's you know this is a one of a kind you know thing. I think they're the things mm. that you should put here too, giving them that that just that little reason look. Yeah, and if you put it in your basket, you can't like someone puts a big art piece in your basket. They can't naturally assume that it's going to be sitting in a basket for a week, and then not, you know, and then you'd have to tell them that I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you that uh, allocate that that basket to you for half an hour, because what other people do in a real gallery, you put the little dot, don't you, in the right right hand corner that shows the piece has been sold. Yes, but if it's been sold, I mean, they've actually money will have changed hands, won't it, for that to do that. So you can yeah. kind of maybe mean, they can see, put a deposit you, down to, on them. You mm-hmm. you want you know, you want to give the impression that there are lots of people on this site now that are that are browsing and having a look. There's other people you get on the yeah. site, but obviously we're not doing it in the cheesy cheesy way like Mark just yeah. explained. I thought the nice it, the nice way we looked at it there was the Saatchi Art Gallery, which we looked at the other day, and then on the product page you could see how many people had favorited that item and how many people had viewed that item and how many people had added. You know, like. That was quite yeah. interesting, and it was not done in a spammy way. It was just done quite subtly, and I thought that was the first time I'd seen that kind of technology worked on an e-commerce site that they'd used on, like, a TripAdvisor or all those kind of things where, you know, and I thought that was quite nicely done. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So yep. the other so thing... Should we move... Yeah, well, I was just going to say that... move on to the urgency? Because yeah. obviously... Yes. The, talked about reducing risk we've talked about scarcity and we've talked about urgency and the and and some businesses this is not right for in some businesses it is the business but it's Mm. it's the offer architecture and it's how you it's how you use that um and as i say it's not right for all businesses and but i know that it's a technique that mark and i have used many many times successfully over the last 15 20 years um to to actually to give people the reason to buy uh yeah, reason to buy today way. yeah mm. yeah you basically take the offer away um you know you or you imply that you that offer is going to run out um yeah. and that obviously yeah. can i mean it, it can it, it it can be very very powerful but i know that there are a lot of there's, there's a lot of worries around doing the offer architecture around is it going to mean we're going yeah. to look like a discounter are we going to always you know people are always going to expect a discount in the future does it cheapen the brand and i think there's very there's specific ways that you should do it um, yeah you know that are better than others you know so so businesses like the white company have traditionally done this quite well where you're using coupons not so it's not a was and now price like you know mm. strike through but it depends on if it's your own brand or if you're selling other people's brands, you know, you, you, you are restricted. But the offer architecture is very powerful if you get it right and it's positioned well in your brand. Um, mm. You know, imagine it's, if you were in some a of them biggest store. luxury, Some of the biggest luxury brands actually rely on offer architecture to, to actually shift the most stock. I mean, look at uh, Clinique face cream, face care stuff. I mean, they pretty much sell all their stock when they've got a, a gift with 
gift with purchase promotion on that. That's yeah. when everybody goes and buys it is when they've got that going yeah. on. And it's essentially some kind of discount, but it's like they'll do like 10 days of emails and then, and each day they'll be saying, if you buy today, you get this spring free and then tomorrow they'll buy a diff- different gift, but they don't tell you what it is. So you, you kind of miss out. If you, you kind of think, well, do I want to wait or is this going to be right? And, you know, it gives you a chance to yeah. send a lot of emails and yeah, out. You do. And, and I think, you know, our, we've, we've had, many conversations over our careers about this and and it's people are quite um anti what we say you know in some time well it's, it's the most vocal mm. thing we speak about but our, but, but, but there was frank who i don't know if frank's listening but he, he was one who came on to, to on one of our groups and he was a big garden center and he was saying well porsche doesn't discount they don't do discounts and I was and I was thinking about what he was saying, and I think he's right. He's right, and and it's the same thing with Apple. Apple don't do discounts; they don't do offer architecture. Um, but, but they but both have got Porsche... offer architecture. Yeah, Porsche, it, Porsche yeah, limit the, but, the amount of cars that they sell. They limit the amount of cars they yeah, sell. And there's, a, and there's a waiting list, isn't there? And so there's they've a waiting got list. that scarcity. They've, that's They're their offer. Scarcity. Scarcity. Yeah, yeah. But, so they, what, they do it. I mean, also, they could easily make more cars. If they wanted to, well, also, well, also, you, you, you know, what Apple and Porsche both have incredibly innovative products that they're bringing out yeah. new products all the time. Like the they've new always Porsche got the new Taken and the new electric yeah. one, and then you know the Porsche 911 Turbo S that comes out. You know, this exclusive. You know, they're always mm. bringing out these really innovative products. If they didn't, if Apple didn't bring out a new iPhone or a new AirPod, mm. they, they, they've they've got nothing. So yeah, it's the same it's the with product Porsche. Launch. So, it's the product it's launch the product that wants something new. That... So if you say to if you say to Frank that if you don't have a if you don't if you're not bringing out the next super duper garden chair the furniture that every, everybody wants every three months, then you're going to struggle because you're going to be saying people are going to be coming in a year and going well that's that's the same garden furniture you had last year. You know what should I? Yeah, what's and it's the, what's the So you so you know yeah. Which is so it's, a, it's a more complicated thing than it sounds, isn't the offer architecture? But, but you know, take that mm. Clinique one. You know, there'll be, yeah, and also if you it, you probably can buy that Clinique stuff from many many different places. But it, but what what it's doing, it's giving people a reason to buy from them, and it's giving people a reason to buy. Oh yeah, there's an offer on. Yeah, I'll go and get some. I need some of that. You know, coming up, yeah. it's something they probably yeah. buy quite regularly. It just naturally works, and yeah. you can you can understand why. So. The offer architecture, it can be the most powerful thing, but you have to do everything else first. You can't throw an offer on the table without building up the credibility or desirability, convincibility, you know, going through all the social proof, scarcity, you know, getting rid of all the anxieties. It's only when you've done all of that, you can then start thinking about how the offer architecture works. And the offer architecture is purely doing one thing it's it's given people a reason to buy today or now or this week and mm. because what happens is particularly you know if you're selling a you know more of a spontaneous lifestyle product you don't necessarily need you want that rug you want that vase you want that you know thing um but you don't need it no no one's going to die if you don't get it but you want it so you're looking for a reason to buy it you're looking for an excuse mm. to to get it now and because you, you yeah. know, people with have good intentions they go oh, I'll come back I'll answer my back. I'll come back yeah we'll come back later we'll come back tomorrow and do it of course a lot of yeah. them don't and you've got to be able why. to justify it to your wife when you when you when you turn up with a new song oh, speaker a deal on. Well, you're going to justify and it's it like to a yourself. New- 
And she yeah, goes, good. why have you bought more Sonos stuff? And I'd be like, well, there was an amazing was a deal. great on. deal on. Yeah. And I had to get the subwoofer for the toilet because I needed, yeah. I needed to hear the bass in the bathroom. And, yeah. um, and be, you can justify they, it then. You, you're, giving, you're giving people a reason when they get something home and they explain it to their significant they, other why they had to buy it at and, that time. You know, people, and people want, a, they want to be given a nice reason to, to buy it, that psychological mm. just nudging them over the end. And you know, the, the, the offer architecture, um, in fact, everything that we talk about around conversion is is to get the almost buyers to buy not the yeah. ones that came on the site and bounced off it's the people that did everything that the buyers did except buy it's just giving them those little nudges to get yeah. them to move and that's, I mean, actually, that's what it's about like me me coming home with this on our speaker and explaining it to my wife is a very good way of showing what you need to do. Because like I'm walking through the door with a Sonoff subwoofer and I'm saying to Kath, yeah. I'm saying, you know, uh, don't worry. There's, there's a 60 day returns policy. If we don't like it, we can't find it. You know, we'll, we'll put it down there. We'll listen to it. It'll be fine. And if you, if you don't like it, we we'll just take it back within 60 days. And by the way, I got the greatest deal because I was thinking about buying this at Christmas, but this is actually, you know, 45% off. They're not going to do this at Christmas. So I thought I'd get it now. Like it's all these ways I can explain it to Kat. Yeah. And then, and then she goes, oh, okay. Money. You know, I know that as soon as I get it plugged in in the lounge, she won't even see it. She'll just, it'll just be there. And, you know, it's all those kind of things. So, so basically it's like giving me those reasons, those excuses that I can justify it, not only to myself, but also to the people around me. Why is, why we've now got another piece of electronic equipment in our house. Yeah. Very. That's a really, really fun way of describing it. Yeah. I like that. And, the other I things, I mean, the, the, the other things you've got to have is you've got to have a fast checkout. You've got to have a fast loading basket page. Any kind of like perceived like friction at this point, they're just going to go, oh, I can't be bothered. How am I going to fill up this form if the, if the site's slow? You know, it's it's like ease as well. Like the easier you can make it. So therefore, mm. you know, putting those payment things on there like Apple Pay and um, you know, uh, well, payment providers is good. I mean, yeah. I mean, I know, yeah. And, you know, if you're going to use PayPal, you might as well put it on the basket as an express PayPal and do the same mm. thing with Apple Pay and Klarna. And I mean, there's a, there's, a, there's the, there's the shopping basket and checkout checklist, isn't there? Is that, that's in mm. the book, isn't it? I'm um, not sure. I think it, I think, the, I think there's some of it in the book. I think there's some of it in the book. Well, just keep talking and I'll have a look. I've got it here. Okay. Well, the, the, some of the some of the basics there, you know, around the things like on a mobile, you want you, you well, you want the the checkout securely button to be sticky at the bottom where your thumb is, and on a desktop, you want it to be at the top above the fold. So you, you'd repeat the checkout securely buttons at the top and the bottom. So you've got loads of things in the basket. Mm -hmm. You don't have to scroll really too far down. You, you want your credit card logos on there. You want your delivery in there. You want your, your your reviews in there. You want your stop message underneath the product. You want your returns policy there or whatever your biggest anxiety is there. Mm. Um, you want your, if there is a discount showing, you want it, you want it to be shown there. Um, yeah. You know, making sure yeah. the, bus, the button to check out says check out securely rather than proceed to check out. That always seems to work slightly better. Um, and then, it, and then the payment providers make, make, you know, I would say if you, if you can do Apple pay, it's certain demographics like, you know, fast fashion, um, mm. young fast fashion brands, you have to have things like Klarna 
um, yeah, and things like Apple Pay. Otherwise, you're just not going to get a sale. It's like it's like the currency that's overnight. Yeah, you know, yeah this so you've is got all to think about your market. This is on the book. Yeah, page page 123, okay. 124 has got a lot of this information, like procedure checkout above the fold, all that kind of stuff. And I was just looking in the book. What's quite interesting is when I was talking about fast checkout, I did a lot of work around what was the time on the checkout page. And that's quite easy to see on most sites. And basically, a lot of the sites did about uh, two minute, two and a half minutes on the checkout page is about right. So you've got a pretty fast checkout of two and a half minutes and below. And then the slow sites seem to be doing like three minutes 40, three minutes, uh, three minutes 59. Um, and so by, by looking at your stats on your checkout page to see how long it takes people to actually buy something and enter that information, you can see whether you've got some friction there. So they shouldn't really be tending more than two and a half minutes filling out their address and their information and their credit card information and getting through the checkout. So if you've mm. got, if you look at your stats and you go, well, mine's five minutes, you've probably got some real sticking point in the checkout where people are going, oh my God hasn't worked out what my address is. I've got to log in. I don't know what my login is. And, you know, all those little yeah. things. It'll just give you an idea about whether or not yours is performing think, well or not. I think just generally, uh, we, you know, if you can do this, great. Split your conversion into three. You know, your ads basket and then your basket to checkout and then checkout to order. Because that will let that. So if you split the checkout, your basket to order start into two, you know, basket to check out and then check out to order. Just see what they are because a 45% basket to order rate is basically a 55% basket to check out. So when they're in the basket, 55% on average would click into checkout. But when they're in the checkout, about 80, 85% should go ahead and finish. But that's, yeah. that's roughly on average what it should be. So if you find that your checkout to order stat is you know lower like 65 percent normally it's because they get into the checkout too soon that they you know they should they're not warmed up enough if you've done a good enough job on the basket page where you've got rid of anxieties and you've got rid of you know you give them a scarcity you give them reason to buy um you've you check out stat should normally be okay yeah, you know, because they're committed yeah. to buying at that stage. So that's the other thing to just check. Yeah, and when you get, I mean, when you if you find that you've maxed out your add to basket and you're doing all the stuff and you are in the checkout, you know, there's tools like Mouse Flow and you know all those kind of different yeah. uh, things that record sessions and see you through the checkout. And I've spent my life looking at uh, recordings of people moving around the checkout. So you just get to understand where people is friction where you go and you can put that like, google analytics event going through the checkout to make sure that you that, that they're not seeing any big drop off and things like that and the way you do see the drop off you know you can go and dive into that and stuff like that but you know these are quite advanced things we do and and usually we only really get that into that when when someone's doing like five million plus because a lot of the time the other hat lowering hanging fruit is the other salesman because the other salesman can drive so much more actual people into the checkout that it's always worth optimizing those first but you know like ian says a lot of people come and say oh my checkout's broken my checkout's broken it's like well you've got to get more people to the checkout first even if it's broken you want to get more people to end up at that stage and you get yeah. more sales because that's easier to do it's, it's quite it's do. very and it's very rare where we've seen a business really scale because they've they've made the checkout easier you know yeah if, i mean it's if like you do imagine good, like 
a, a, someone like Beaverbrooks or something like that, and they instead of upgrading the shop, they upgrade the till system, and it's like and expecting yeah. it to massively change the sale. It's just not because like yeah. it, it's all about if somebody wants to buy something and they're convinced they want to buy it, they will fight through a crap checkout to get that sale. Whereas if, if yeah. someone doesn't want to buy something, it, like it's just not it's just not the same thing. It's like it's 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 the desire to buy something that you've got to build and this, and and the reason to buy it and they convince themselves to go and do it and and the checkout's always like the the polishing the last polish you put on the site isn't it really yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's often the worst bang for your buck I mean, sometimes it's easy but you know you get a much bigger bang for your time you get yeah i mean it can be up. it can be obvious i mean i was working with there was a guy there's a guy on the level one group in the um, 20k core group in uh, australia and his basket to order stat was 20 percent, and it was just like so it was just no brainer to go and get that extra 10 15 yeah because that that's that's a lot of money that's you really, know when, yeah you know it's really really yeah. low well also but, you find i think with 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 things like home home furnishing businesses you know, I think the basket towards that is generally quite low because they 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 just they're deciding they're making up the mind they've used they've used it like a dumping ground and they you know they're using that the next couple of weeks to start oh, do what what do I want what color do I want do I want that do I want that vase do I want that thing that goes with the vase they're making the decision so you got to make sure your basket doesn't empty as well. So mm-hmm. some sites are set to the basket empties after 24 hours. That's not good. You can imagine what experience that will be like if you were in a store. Yeah. And you, Especially you, you if you're sending an abandoned basket. You've left something behind yeah. and you click on it and it's empty. I've seen that happen just, many it, times. Yeah. So that's check all of that because that's obvious. That's just the obvious stuff. Um, make sure the basket doesn't empty itself. Um, really, you know, for like a year or as long as it possibly yeah. can do. Or if you um, are yeah, holding it for them a de- for a day, you can send them an email saying, "I'm just about to release your basket items back to the thing, just to make sure you don't want them." You know, you yeah, can, it's cool. You know, like it's scarcity, yeah, especially if you're selling art or something like that. Saying, "I've held your your painting, it's, but you know, I'm just let you know that well, I'm going to put it back in the shop." That's right. And and the other the other thing, if your basket to order stat is low, you you know, it, you've got to think about all, this is where your remarketing kicks in. This is where your Facebook remarketing, your Google remarketing, and all your abandonment series of emails kicks in. And those those three areas, or those those two areas, your remarketing, um, you know, on Facebook and Google, and also your email, behavioural based abandonment emails, they are massive. They are yeah. huge. They're a huge, huge part of the basket to order salesperson's job. Mm. And you know, they've mm. all got to be firing, but they've all got to be pushing the job to be done and taking them through that, getting rid of anxieties, giving them the reason to act now. You know the scarcity. You know the social proof. You know that, that all the remarketing has got to be pushing those same core topics. Mm. You can't mm. just be doing an abandoned basket email. Go, oh yeah, tick, done that. And those abandoned yeah. basket emails have yeah. got to be adding value. They've got to be. You've got to be understanding the job to be done. They've got to understand the trigger points of why people buy today. What makes them buy? Yeah. Um, you know, getting yeah. rid of those those last minute you know objections. Yeah. yeah. So they're they're huge. In fact. We could, we've probably done podcasts on those three, but I think it is worth mentioning that that you know there's yeah. all this is where remarketing and abandonment basket abandonment emails kicks in. Yeah, and it's, it, the other yeah. sequences as well. But I think we'll we'll we'll, we'll finish it there. I think there's, there's enough um, things covered there to keep people thinking about how to increase their basket to order salesman. Um, 
And I think then obviously that leads nicely into the average order value salesman next week. So um, thank you very much for listening. And I hope you're all uh, getting some great results with your e-commerce sites and uh, I'll listen to speak to you all next week. 